Well, how is this year ending for you all? How is this year ending? Is it, is it feeling like it's a triumph that uh, you look over the year and it was, a, it was a, a win? Or is it a little bit more muddled? You're looking back over the last year and, and there are things that are they're still in process. Maybe they even feel like they're, they're not resolved. Uh, maybe, maybe you feel like the year's ending and it just feels like things are broken. And that's maybe how the year feels like it's ending. In the Bible, if that's where you are, that is a place where God's people often find themselves. In the place where things don't feel like winning, where it doesn't feel like victory. Instead, feel, things feel like, like losing. Things feel like failure. For instance, think about David. David, who is a man after God's own heart. But his relationship with his father-in-law, it was broken and it was never resolved in this life. And and think about David, his first marriage. His first marriage was also broken and it was never really fixed in this life. Think about the Apostle Paul. Think about the relationship he had with his ministry partner, Barnabas. That division that happened after after years of serving fruitfully together, the division between the two of them, and, and they parted ways. And we don't know if it was resolved in this life. Why is it that God lets us spend time, maybe even the rest of our lives, in a place of brokenness and in a place of, of death? Why does he do that? Your strained relationship with your son or your daughter or, or your messed up marriage, your messed up ministry, why does he let us live in that place? Well, it comes down to this question. Why did Jesus have to be in the grave for three days? Why? We've, we, we heard in the psalm, in, in God's word, how long, the sense of how long, Lord. It's, it's another way to ask this is, why three days? Why is my Savior dead? And why did it have to be for three days? Why couldn't he have been dead just for three minutes, three hours? Think of the shock they would have experienced, the, the shock and the loss that his friends and followers had to live in and, and even stew in for those days. The horror on that first day of seeing Jesus, their friend and their Lord, seeing him die in agony. The numbness through that night, the numbness all through Saturday, and then, and then having to live through the whole Saturday night, the hopelessness knowing he's dead. He really is dead. Now, today, many of us live in that, that, those three days. That, that's where you might be today. Maybe that's how your year feels like it's ending. Why, Lord, why must I spend these days, these years of confusion, of disappointment? Why so many tears, so many tears in this world of sorrow and sin? Why? Why did it have to be three days? I don't know. I don't know. But Christian, this is our hope. Our Jesus lives. Our Jesus has risen and he will return. And as often as we come to this table, we are declaring his death and we are also declaring his return. We do this until he returns. And so this is Sunday morning. This is the third day. 
This is the day that our Jesus rose again and he came back to his friends. He was dead. He was truly dead and he truly lives again. And so, beloved, today we are one week closer. We are one year closer to Jesus coming again. And so let's celebrate it this morning, however your year is ending. Even if you feel like you're still in those three days when Jesus is dead, let's celebrate this morning that Jesus is also risen and our hope that he will come again, our hope will not be disappointed. So in this meal, we're going to take bread. Jesus, the son of heaven, became a man of the earth. And in this meal, we will, we will take wine. Jesus watched his life fall apart. He was, he was looking down from the cross, seeing it all fall apart, bearing our sin. And so when you take this supper, you are saying, Jesus died, Jesus rose, and Jesus will return. He will come again. That's part of why Jesus has arranged this supper, this new Passover meal. He says, do this in remembrance of me. And we know that spiritually he feeds us as we take in the supper. So if, if you have come to know Jesus Christ, he is your savior, he is your Lord, and he is the judge of all the earth who will come to restore and to repair everything that is going wrong and will go wrong. He's coming to judge the earth and to set all things right. If you've come to know him in this way, you're invited to come and take this supper. If you don't know Jesus, if you're curious, if, if you're investigating Christianity, we're very thankful that you'd be here. This supper is only for people who are basically engaged to be the Lord's, to marry him. And so this supper isn't for you, but we're thankful you're here. Stay in the room, stay with us, uh, but just don't come and, and take the, these elements. Uh, it, it, would, it would only be harmful for you. But if you have questions, we would love to talk more about it. Now, as we come to this, the table, let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, here we are again at this table, and, and we may be down, but we also have anticipation. We're looking for you, Jesus, to come and to feed us, to be with us, to continue to bring us out of death. Lord, some of us have sins this morning, and we're ashamed of our sins. Convince us that what you've done in this supper has cleansed us of all unrighteousness, and you've removed our shame. You've taken it on yourself. And Lord, as, as we come, we pray that you would feed us and that we would taste of Christ. We would enter into the life of Jesus and that it would be increasing and growing in us, in our lives. Come and meet us as a, as a people, Lord. Bring us together as brothers and sisters and make us to shine. Make this to be a place where Jesus is shining by our words, by our care and our love for each other, by our love and our, our mercy to this suffering, hurting world. Would you be magnified in this place, we ask, even in this supper. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.